0: Do you run and, roll and roll.
1: these words we'll sing it one more time Let's turn to Colossians chapter 3. I want to make mention that this Sunday, Brother Vernon Manahan from the Philippines will be ministering for us in both services. So we're looking forward to that. And um, then also this Saturday, there is a memorial service. It'd be a graveside memorial at the Glenwood. And that's for Sister Martha Robbins, and that is at 2.30. If you're interested, just... uh, You can contact me, and uh, we just keep all these things. There was another birthday earlier this week on Monday. One of our young men turned 21, and that's Brother Ethan Hammermeister. So we thank the Lord for that. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth, on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things in the earth. Now, the very beginning in verse 1, if you be risen with Christ. So it takes, it's not just positive thinking. That'll only carry you so far. But if God is in you and his spirit is in you, then apply yourself, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then you also, you also appear with him in glory. God bless his word. You may have your seats. I will just jump right into the thought. I'm going to read from Numbers chapter 14. Verse 24, this is uh, scripture just dealing with uh, God has just um, had enough of Israel. They've come into a promised land. He wants to do away with them. Moses intercedes, and then God just tells him that they have tempted him too often. They will not see it. But then he makes a distinction about Caleb, and he says this in verse 24, but my servant Caleb... Because he had another spirit with him has followed me fully. Him will I bring in the land where, with, whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. So I want to, um, really maybe it's a continuation where I spoke on dealing with conflict, but I want to speak on God comes... And Satan comes also. And as a subtitle, I want to speak on the discerning, discerning the working of another spirit. So we'll take that just as a start. And I'm going to go to one other scripture, and this will be in the book of Job. Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. And this is in verse 6. This is maybe a portion that would relate to the title. Job 1 verse 6, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Now just just think about that. The purity of the gathering of the sons before the throne of God, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. So right now Satan is going up and down, walking to and fro in the earth, but he is keenly aware of the gathering unto the word, and when the saints of God (laughs) gather, he comes also. Now I, I don't want you to stand there and be defeated by that, but we'll... We'll just touch into this a little bit if we can. So in the beginning, I, I want to just take this, and, and uh, Brother Branham would speak in, I think it's in the book of Matthew, and he talked about David and David in the spirit. Brother Branham would talk, and, and he would say this, um, and he would ask them in the book of Matthew, "'What think you of Christ? "'Whose son is he?' "'And they said, "'He is the son of David.'" Well, why then did David say unto him, David, in the spirit, call him Lord, saying, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand. And in Revelation, he said, I am the root and offspring of David. So it wasn't David, the man that he was building this foundation on. And it wasn't David just because he was God what God picked it. But there was a spirit within David that was exemplifying Christ that would come. And there was something in David, but at the same time, it was still David, the man natural. And so he says, now, how could David be a son? He said, now, born again from above, we are active, active in the things from above. His life is in us, and his word is vindicating the word itself. The spirit that's in you is the word made flesh in you. The spirit minds the word and is active in vindicating the word. This is in why I'm against organized, against organized religion. So there's a spirit that's within man. There's a spirit if you're born above. It's the very same spirit that was on Jesus Christ. Now... Brother Branham would go on to say this about David. David in the Spirit, not David, but David in the Spirit. There's a lot of difference between David and David in the Spirit. And he said there's a lot of difference between church and church in the Spirit. And there's times we have come to church and it's just church. And there's times we've come to church and say, wow, wasn't the Lord wonderful in our midst? And, and sometimes we can say, well, that's just God has seasons. But sometimes it's us. It's how we come. It's our expectation. It's the spirit we bring in with us. And so what we need to do and we want to do is recognize there's an active part of the Holy Ghost in me. But there's another part that comes against me. And whatever I lean to is the part that will have uh, you know, the preeminence over me. So last time I shared this um, quotation. And I'm going to refer to it again because I really believe it is a powerful quotation. And it will help us a lot. You know, in our dealing with one another, uh, none of us are perfect. None of us are flawless in ourselves. Now, we, we can be perfect and justified before God. And that word perfect is not a word that means you are without sin or without fault, but you are complete in Christ. And we are working towards that completion, But we still are dragging our humanity with us as we move a little higher. So in enticing spirits, Brother Maham said so many people are listening to enticing spirits instead of taking the word of God. Spirits, they're in the world. They're demons. They go in places and they get amongst men, ministers. So that just points the finger right here. And it says, they get amongst church members. They get amongst good people. And they cause them to come into an illusion and they say things and do things and teach things and practice things that's contrary to the word of God. So it it is an amazing thing to think that right in our midst, and, and this is one thing you learn early, you come to the message and, and sometimes the message is preached and it's elevated. This is the, the message that came by a mighty angel vindicated like never before. It's come down to earth. It's the greatest thing. It's God coming. And then you get disappointed when you see and hear things in the church. And, and, and you can build this picture up. But you need to recognize there's two spirits still working in the framework of the Christian church. And it doesn't mean that one person, is, you know, and, and, and Satan will work, work that way. But sometimes those two spirits work in us. Sometimes we can be doing good and evil is present. Paul would talk about this in Romans chapter 7. So... We need to recognize sometimes right when you're in the very middle of God dealing with you, just watch that the enemy doesn't try and slide in somewhere there. He's a slicker, and he will try and do that. So I want to read a couple of quotations. This is Brother Branham speaking or in a prayer line, and he, he is saying to a, to a lady, All right, we're strangers to one another. The Lord Jesus can reveal what your trouble is. I hate to tell you this, but you're shadowed to death with cancer. And you've got some habits that you've got to give up. That's right. Will you do it? Now, let me show you something. So, here's God. Here's the prophet contacting her spirit. He is doing this, and he's saying, Now, let me show you something. God's going to deal with her. And all of a sudden, he says, I feel another spirit moving in. It's the devil. Oh, he says, so right at the same time God is dealing, here's another spirit moving in. You know, it's amazing, and, and, and Brother Condre Diggs shared this with me. He says, you know, I can preach a service, and uh, he says, and then, he says, I can say I'm about to close, and people that had been laid back all service straighten up, and they're ready. They're with you. And he says, and babies that are in sleeping, they just start to cry, and... and <laughs> And, 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 but it's also when God moves and Brother Brandon would deal with this and he'd say sometimes when God moves a little natural commotion just in the church because God's trying to get it and, and I was going I could have many many quotes I could share in this he says now God's dealing with you I see a spirit oh 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 she missed it because God was ready but we want to be ready also and we want to recognize Satan at all of his devices now, this is good for every one of us. This is not a condemnation. This is just recognizing our <laughs> adversary. And he is an adversary. So he says, also now, he's, he's talking to another one, and he says, Now, oh, here. I, I, had, I had another. Okay. Let me let me just I'll bypass this because I'm gonna I'm gonna read. He would just talk in general here, and this is in spoken word as original seed. Now he says. You can have, he says, Pentecost looks real. And you can say, I belong to that. He says, but that doesn't make a difference. That's just a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. If you don't believe all the word, you haven't received the Holy Ghost. When you hear the truth and the Holy Spirit don't lead you to it, then there's another spirit in there keeping you away from it. So the Spirit in you hasn't got the Holy Ghost. We need to depend on the Spirit of God more than ever before. This is not about what a man can do up here, but it's what the Holy Spirit can do in a man. God uses men to rule His church, but it's not the rule of men. It's by the Spirit of God in men. It's by the Spirit of God in praying, brothers and sisters. It's by the Spirit of God that moves in our midst. How many are thankful for the moving of the Spirit on the weekend? We're just coming to a close of a service, and Brother John says, I didn't expect that. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came down and began to touch our lives. Oh, I love that, don't you? I want to give place to that. But we need to recognize that we can, we, Satan, as much as God can use us, Satan can also get in there. Now, this is going back to the Garden of Eden, and Brother Branham would talk here in the Garden of Eden after the fall, God, as soon as God had seen the seed of the woman and how they had misconstrued there and righteousness had been perverted, God gives a promise and said, through the woman would come a blessed seed. There would be a seed. And now listen. And as soon as Satan heard that, He was standing present. As soon as he heard that, he took in to destroy that seed. He tried to do it in Joseph. He tried to do it through the ages. He is still against that blessed seed. Brother Jonah Emke was in town and we went for breakfast the other day. And uh, we were just talking about his brother uh, Solomon. Saul had served all his, you know, he grew up in a Christian home, but he'd gone out, was out in the world and living a riotous life and doing things, and now over the age of 40, 46 years old or whatever it was, and uh, I, I remember, um, he, he, however it went, he was sitting in a bar with a bunch of people and they started talking about how Christians are so weak. And he says, they have to depend on this and they have to do this. And, and one of them looked right at Brother Solomon and said, And said, what do you think about that? And he said, I can't say a word against that. I said, because I have seen too much in my life. And he said, and if I would deny that, I believe right now, God could come and smite me for it because I know better. And he got up from there. He went out. He went to his apartment and cried for two days. God dealing with him. And, 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 and he called home to his mother and said, God has been dealing with me. I'm coming home. And, bro- and Brother Jonah heard it. And when Brother Jonah heard it, he, he, God just spoke to him and he calls his brother. And he tells his brother, now I'm going to pay for you to come home right now. And he says, because Satan is going to make you an offer. And he's going to make you an offer to try and stop what you're doing. Yeah. And sure enough, the next morning, at 8 a.m., they gave him a job offer that was double the money he had ever made before. Satan, God comes, and Satan comes also. Yeah. So we need to recognize, now none of us is immune to that. Right. And, and, and whatever way we're natured, Satan will try and deviate or draw us away from that. Yeah. Now, Brother Brown would go on to say, this great contest, it's been going on, and this is the message of the contest, it was started in heaven. I want you to think about this for a moment. The original conflict was in heaven. Heaven was a pure place. This is where Almighty God was, and, and, and the greatest light that ever shone was through God himself, and At his right hand, he created all the angels and everything. And at his right hand, he created the brightest angel of all, which would become his enemy. So the original conflict was in heaven. And God allowed it to be so, because God knew that would become his enemy. He also has set him there, but he also had a great, Plan whereby he was going to defeat him through the ages, and he was going to be magnified as God. And so it would start in Satan's Eden. You know, it was it originally had started in heaven, but it came down to Satan's Eden, and there in Eve Eden. Now, Brother Mammon says it started in heaven. Satan was kicked into the earth, and he became an enemy to God's people. And since then, he's used all of his strength. And strategy to pull God's people across the fires into His fires. I'm. I. I was just going by to just got a coffee through a drive-through, and I, as I came through, I saw two business acquaintances. In fact, they're both Christians, and uh, and it's the the Peters family, which. Um, um, I've known for many years, they're, they're, they're in denominational church, but I just saw them and I just felt it was, this, it was the strangest thing because I had just come out of um, another place and, and Jake, who I know, he, he was there, and I just uh, yesterday talked to him and I knew he was going and I just was remembering him in prayer and I said, Lord, just remember him. And nearly a minute and a half later, I see him in the same coffee shop. So I just felt compelled to go in and he was sitting there with his brother. And, we, and it didn't take long in the conversation, just they're, they're both very grieved by what they see going on. And one of them has one child, one has four kids and they're trying to deal with issues in the schools and, 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 and they're saying, this is crazy what's going on. They said, it is ramping up like you wouldn't believe and the agenda they're placing in schools. And, and you know, I, I, I'm just listening to them and they're so grieved and they may not have the fullness of the message. And I think, friends, we have got something. And I, I, we, it is real. It's been prophesied. It's coming. It's here. And we've got the antidote against it. And here we're sitting and we're talking. And, 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 and we're sharing articles and news, lose quips and the things that are going. And he says, I can't even have my kids in school. My wife's homeschooling them as long as we can. Satan. Trying to draw us into his fires. And, and they, the words they said, we are living in the end time. It's the days of Sodom all over again. I didn't say that. They said that. That's it. Friends, the world knows where we're at. There are many a righteous Christian who may not have what we have that are grieved in their spirit. And we need to thank God for what we have. And we need to recognize that there's a power in what God has given us. And, and there's an enemy who is there to make us lukewarm and formal and powerless. That's, that's not how I want to serve God. I, I, I want him to be here, service in and service out and don't waste any time. But he's trying to draw, drag us into his fires. And Brother Mammoth said, now, who has the most power? God does. And he gave his people the best thing to combat Satan with, and that is the word of God. And the word becomes our strength. God in the church becomes the strength to pull Satan into his own fires that he has made. And that tug goes on. So it's not you, but it's God in you. God in me. Greater is he that is in you. Oh my, if you could know the strength you have in feeding on the word and, and, and being in prayer, you know, the more you supplant that, the less your flesh will be attracted to the world around you. Now, he says we need to study our strategy. Satan had studied Eve, and he goes on to say, don't try and figure it out. Just, he says, just God is the word. It's made to be believed. That's our strength. Just accept the word. Anyone knows that a seed in the right kind of ground will produce its kind. So he, he will go on, and Brother Branham would talk at different times, and he would say, many people don't believe that Satan is a spirit or a person, or that these things are real. He said, ah, oh, it's just a thought. You know, we can, we can dismiss it and, you know, Satan will make sin look beautiful. He'll make it look tempting. He'll make it seem more appealing than the Word of God that you have before you. And, and I, I'm not saying you need to be 24-7 studying that kind of thing, but it, it's, it's when he'll try to draw you away and contaminate your spirit, contaminate your being, and then when you come back to it, it's not as open, it's not as fresh, it's not as continual. You know, prayer is not uh, just a, uh, you know, a prayer in church or a prayer at the start of the day, but throughout the day, you're talking to him, and you're speaking, you have a communion with him, and, and, and as you do those things, you know, you're, you're not allowing room for these things that'll come in, and they will come in, they're going to come to all of us, and I'll, I'll deal with it here in a minute, but, but Brother Man would say, the, demon, the devil is a person, And demons are persons. And they come in many ways. And and a man was telling him, you know, I think people, if they just set their mind to thinking the right thing, you know, it's just a change of thought. No, it's much more than that. It's actually a power. God is God and Satan is Satan. And he says, you must be trained to meet him. Not in psychology, not in education, but trained in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, it's not so much about the words on this page, but it's when you walk on the street and when you meet a, a, a spirit, and, you know, and, and it could be just a person, but I want you to look in a spiritual realm right now. You can meet people that, even in the framework of, of the church world, that are very spiritual and very religious, but you don't necessarily feel built up or edified by that. And I say, there's actually a spirit in you that can help someone, if it's the spirit of God. And something that can help you. I, I, I would just, we were sitting around breakfast just a little bit yesterday, and just an hour and a half of testimonies. I mean, you felt like you could fly to the moon after that. And you think, all things are possible with God. And I believe that with all my heart, you know, we're, we're living in a spirit-filled world. You can be in church today and by the evening be in a different world with a different spirit and a different atmosphere. But I want to dwell with him. I want to walk with him. I want to be in that place. Because Satan knows that you'll come into church, you'll hear something, and you'll come out and you'll check your phone, your, your social media, check this, and before you know it, you're somewhere else. And the service is gone. I don't want that. I, I want it to stick. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes you've got to recognize your weakness, if whatever that may be, while well, I'm tired in the evening and my mind isn't there, well, just set your, your clock earlier, Get up earlier, and maybe it's better to serve God. I've recognized that about myself. At the, in the evening, I'm, I'm just not good for that. So the best thing is, go to sleep, put on a, something, and, and go to sleep and wake up with him. Go to sleep with him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come to something here in just a minute. So just, just stay with me. Now he says, they, the saints of old, they fortified themselves with the word of God. Noah had an experience and he knew that God told him it was going to rain. Right. Now I like the, that thought. It was a contest between science and the word of God. And science said it can't happen and God said it will happen. Now, can you imagine somebody had to believe that word in that day? Somebody had to give witness to the word in that day. Somebody has to give witness to this is the last age. It's typed out like Enoch, and we will come to a rapture. And I'm not going to be afraid as things begin to build around us. As a world council gathers. As political moves gather. As things start to build and economies fall. I want to walk knowing him. I want to walk into whatever he has. And you know, you don't know what moment he'll pluck you out. But he's going to be faithful. He's going to be true. He's going to be true to every one of his own. But we need to walk in that yeah. day by day. Thank you, Lord. Now let's let's just. I want to I want to take just a. Oh yeah. <coughs> Go with me to Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five. This is a text we may use at funerals, but I want you to think about this, not just in a funeral, but there'll be a group that will be living and they're coming to something. So it says, we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So there'll come a time when there'll be people on the earth who will have their earthly house begin to decay around them, and there'll be a renewal of the heavenly home, which is the word in them, coming to a promise, making them young again. So it's going to happen. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our house, which is from heaven. If so, that being clothed, we should not be found naked like this age is. Naked and blind and wretched. No matter how much, you know, we, we, the spirit of the age, it's the accumulation of wealth and the accumulation of natural things and, and, and things that satisfy the flesh and do everything, but there's no happiness in that. The real happiness comes from having him who is the prince of life walking in you. And whatever he gives you, whatever he provides, I'll tell you what, that's the pleasure. You ask Brother Marshall how he feels about what God has done for him. You know, the first time I, 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 I bought a car and I knew God gave it to me, I'll tell you what, I drove that car and said, God gave me this car. And everywhere I went, there was such a calmness and a peace with it Till that guy slid through the intersection and came through. I said, Lord, look what he's doing to your car. He slid right into me, and I said, well, I'm going to be safe. God gave me this car. So I, I believe if we can take those things, there is, there is something in us that's groaning so to be clothed with from on high. So I, I'm going to come to a natural here in a moment. Just Just stay with me. It says, in verse 4, so it says, For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. So the real life of God, the real things of God. Drop down with me to verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, if one died for all, then we're all dead. And he that died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Eternal life, living for others. Eternal life, not satisfying yourself. Not, not just living for yourself, but living for others this starts to manifest in little ways and 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 when you see god overtaking you and you know you you always want to be the one that has your way and and you but but you actually begin to relinquish it because it's christ in you and say well maybe it's good that i don't have my own way for a change if that's your nature if it's if it's to be you know if you have a temper or whatever i'm going to let that go a little bit if if i if i if i if i just just you know, whatever, whatever nature you are dispossessed with in your natural being, but when you see God coming upon that. Every one of us, if we would take a poll across this room, can say, yeah, I've been serving God all these years, but you all know all too well what your own individual weakness is. I know what mine is. I know what things the enemy will use to beset me, and I'm saying, oh God, may you just come in a greater way and help me that I, I can be what you want me to be. So throughout all of history, there was, there was a... Let me, let me finish this. One more scripture I, want to, I need to write. Verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth, we know no man after the flesh, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth we know him no more. Now, this is Paul writing, who actually never knew him after the flesh... No doubt he talked to the other apostles, he had talked to them, they'd heard the stories of what, what Jesus had done when he was on earth and how he handled things, but Paul knew them, him in a greater way than all the others. And they had to make a transition from the Christ that they knew in the flesh to the one that came in an upper room and began to dwell in them. And Paul himself, he had to understand that even the part of Paul or Saul that he was that persecuted, now God has come in me. He says, now, and and he would recognize the revelation that came into him was greater even than what the other apostles had. And he said, you've all known him after the flesh. You can tell these stories. But he says, I know him in reality in a greater way. Paul didn't have to fight through those things. Peter had to fight through those things. So I'm I'm making a principle. Now, Brother Branham will come and he'll say, and I'm, I'm gonna start to just dig down a little bit into where we're at. God comes and he makes his kingdom here. See, there will not be different kinds of spirit. A German spirit, a French spirit, a Norwegian spirit, an American spirit. There won't be that There'll be one Spirit, the Spirit of God living in every heart. There'll be one flag, one nation, one people, one brotherhood, a fatherhood of God, a brotherhood of men, sonship. So, so you know, we can default to where we grew up in. We can default to the nest we were born in. Well, the church I was born in, this is how they did it, and this is what I'm comfortable with, and, and, and we can default to that, and that can actually begin to work against what God wants to do. That's right. That's right. Yeah, well, I believe what you said, Brother Ed, but I came from, I won't put your country there, because I'm not here to pick on anybody, but I say we can lean on that if we're not careful. Hey, I'll pick on myself. Oh, that's the way we did it. You know, that's how the Germans did it. That's how we... No, I, I want the Spirit of God to override these things. I don't want to what, what I have to, to become in between what, what, what my flesh has experienced. You know, Brother Lonnie Jenkins one time, I remember him was at a, one of the minister's meetings and he was just sharing how God was dealing with him. Brother Lonnie was a gifted man, he was a teacher of God, and Brother Lonnie, he said God was calling him, he, he, he was always a teacher, and he said God was calling him, you know, he worked as a salesman for Sears and Roebuck, and that was the Sears company, and, you know, it wasn't long before he got into the job, and he was a salesman, and they said, hey, uh, Lonnie, could you just maybe uh, teach the rest of the salesman? He says, Me? He never knew he was a teacher, but he had a gift. And he never knew that. So when God was calling him and, and letting him know, now I'm calling you into the ministry. And he was sitting in a little house meeting with a group of people, and it wasn't all message believers, it was gifted people, Pentecost, but God was dealing with him. And he says, I'm calling you. And he had to leave his business, he had to leave all of these things behind. And as as he said, and, and, and there was a... Uh, a vindication, a supernaturally. supernatural, I don't know what it was. And he said it was directly from God. And at the same moment, in just a heartbeat, there was a woman sitting there, Pentecostal woman, and she also prophesied, but it was directly contrary to what God had told him. And he said he was the only one in the room that knew it. He says there was the Spirit of God, and here was a woman that was telling, yea, and you shall do this in business, and and it was exactly God dealing, and here's Satan's right there. Yeah. Now, you might think, ah, oh, we're in the message. These things don't happen. They happen. That's right. we're, we're, let, let, me, let me back up here now. Abraham was called of God. But Abraham had some faults. He lied about his wife twice. Isaac comes along. Of the seed of God that promised through Abraham. Well, guess what? Isaac did some of the same things. He lied about his wife. And, And they looked down and the Bible says he was sporting with her. Listen, he wasn't playing soccer or volleyball. He was hugging her and doing stuff. So, you know what? There's a natural genetic that can follow through if you're not careful. If you let it. But you don't have to let it dominate your life. You can say, God's called me to a higher level. Brother Branham would come through the same battle himself and he would compare the prophets of old. He'd say, well, you know, Moses did that and, 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 and Elijah did that. And, and, but, and, and God had to tell him because even when he defaulted and say, well, I'm just going to go into the wilderness. And he says, no, you're called to a higher order than that. So we, we are being called to a higher order all the time. So it's not just to be, well, this is the way the church was always run. No, we're, we're, we're coming to a higher order. Lord, what do you want to do in our midst? Because, Lord, you are God. You're bringing a people to maturity. It's not just working on the historical record. We're moving. God, move us into a higher level. Use the gifts in the church. Use the ministry. Use, use the musicians. Use those that pray in the church. So there was a natural thing that went through the lineage. I want you to think for a moment about the purity of heaven. Because the word of God is pure. And here's, here's God and he, he comes out and, and he gives his word and it's without, it's as pure as pure can be. But here's this angel beside him And he was perfect in all his ways until iniquity was found in him. And he began to tell another tale. And now he he would even use the purity of God that was given him. Now look at the enemy you're dealing with. The purity that was given him and he began to use it for his own gain. So don't think that just because we're in the message we're immune. We're not immune. Here, and I'll just, just fast forward Here comes Pentecost. Here comes Christ, the pure message, the Ephesian church age. Burning with the light of God. And right in that moment, already the false vine began to slip in. And it started with little deeds, deeds of the Nicolaitans. And it was just little, little influences. The Nicolaitan means conquer the laity. It was just the attitude, we're a little bit better than you. Listen, let me me bring it this way. Brother Branham talks because we've got to come back to that. Questions and answers. I'd rather have a church that had a burden on their heart for prayer and stayed at this altar day and night, constantly in prayer, humble, humble trying to get people to come to God, making calls at the hospital, visiting people, trying to get people to come church. I'd rather have that than all the other put together. Because you can have all of that other, but he says, when you get so hungry for God, something will take place. If you get hungry for God, shouting, Speaking in tongues will take place. If you get hungry for God and keep on getting hungry, this will keep to raising. But when you see yourself getting indifferent, now just look at how simple this is getting indifferent. Remember, there's another spirit trying to work its way in there. Oh. Stay before God, humble with travail of soul. And have a good old-fashioned, and I didn't get the rest of it. But here's the purity of God. Now, just like it was in heaven, just like it was in the first church age, and here's the enemy comes, just a little attitude, lifting a little higher. That's not the way God's called us to be. Oh, we're we're in the third pole. We're we're the people that are on the street, the the, 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 the the men I was having coffee with today, I didn't look it down on them. I was thinking, Oh God, help me to, to hold the grace, hold the word of life you've given me and be able to bring it and help them with it. I, 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 that's where God will work. It's not, oh, we got this and we, you know, pile. oh, give me that good old-fashioned spirit of Christ. The purity of God. Let me read this out of the Church Age message, message book. I just was thinking of a couple quotes as I came just up and I I thought about it. Brother Bam talks about the deeds of the Nicolaitans. That first church, just as Satan got to Eve before Adam, Satan seduced that church, the bride of Christ, before the marriage supper of a lamb. What was it that caused the fall? It was the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Just a little seed that was planted. Now, we think, okay, well that was back there, you know, and then the deeds became a doctrine, it became a way of life, it became a doctrine, then it went in the ground, and then it came up, we, but we're being resurrected. Satan is still Satan, and God is still God. So now comes a pure message, and we think, oh, well I'm thankful we're not a denomination. Do you know how easy it is to become a denomination? you just begin to put a box or control what the Spirit of God is doing and you can be a one-man denomination. Right, yeah. uh, there is more within me when we come up behind the pulpit that we are pure from our own opinion, our own thoughts, and we say, God, let you come down that all the people can be benefited. Don't let me put you in a box and try to fit that this bride, we saw the quote on Sunday, this bride will not be manhandled. And yet within the framework of the move we're in, you see lines being drawn. I say, oh God, there's something that you put, God put in me early in my Christian walk and says, I do not want that. I don't want some man to come between me and God. And I don't want to be a man that comes between somebody and their God. But let me be the part of Christ that will leave room. Paul would say, I was gentle as with you as a nurse. I entreated. The word of God was easily entreated. It wasn't beat down on somebody. But you can easily become. Oh, I mean, we've seen it even around the message. Our church is where it's at. Our church is is where we've got this and we've got that. And you know what? might be a good church. But there's a spirit that can be working there already. And I say, we've all got to come to the same plane. Big church, little church. No, thank God for every ministry that's out there. I'm not pulling. I'm saying there's ministries, hey, that far outshine what I can do. But I'll say, let me have the spirit of Christ. May that spirit rule and reign in our midst. May it be prevalent in our witnessing. Hey, have you heard there's a prophet? We've got the truth. No, no. I was just like you were one time. And, you know, God began to deal with me. And, you know, he can help you in your situation. Really? You know, and start to come down to their level and bring them up. And and you don't have to tell them, you know, of the revelation of the seven seals and where the thunders all sounded under this and then Leave that. Let God take care of that. But just give them Christ. Speak Christ to them. Let's, let's, let's present Christ without motive, without agenda, without a, 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 any kind of a self-serving thing. You know, it takes an effort to keep your spirit clean. So here he says, the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Here is... That first age turned from a church that was absolutely dependent on him. Dependent entirely on God to fulfill his word from start to finish apart from human government. Oh. Well, it's maybe not a Wednesday night service, but I'm I'm bringing just a few things in. It said... They took the expediency of human government instead of the Word and the Spirit. Death had already entered. I, I, I there, There's, there's so, so many parts to... I, I, I find that the Church Age book, if you ever get anybody involved, take the resume of the ages if you can. And if somebody can receive the last, whatever it is, 15, 10, 15 pages of this, this book, it's a good summary. And if they're hungry for more, then you give them the rest. Because in this book, there's so many things that are our life. Um, Brother Branham would talk here, and he's talking about how, maybe it's this one, hang on. He's talking about how the two vines, how there's an acceleration of growth, there's a ripening that happens in the harvest time. And it says the true vine flourished. And the false vine, but the, false, the true vine also realized they could not bring the false vine into a saving relationship with Christ. We're not going to bring everybody in, but at the same time, I'm also not going to let them come into me and and defile what I've got. I I, want to have him. This is is just a little aside. I I need to move on a little bit to where I'm at. So turn with me to Colossians 3 just for a moment again. This was our original scripture. We read verses 1 to 4. Now, when Christ is who your life is, your life shall appear. Verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Mortify means to render of non-effect. In other words, within you, there's, there's a part of your natural man that will rise up and, and disappoint you. Disappointed me many times. So he says, fornication, uncleanness, Look at this, it's inordinate affection. It's, this is not, the next one is evil consupience. I am not going to I can say it, but I looked it up, and it just says lust, strong sexual desire. Well, that doesn't start just anywhere. You, you've got to feed that somehow. And you can feed it just by, in your imagination, you're, you're picturing yourself in a place that you never really will come to, and how often does the devil present a picture and, and, and you find yourself in your mind going there? You know what you need to do? We need to cut that off. We need to say, hang on a second. I'm going to deny that. I'm going to deny that. That's, that's not correct. I'm not going to flirt around. I'm not going to just allow myself to be whatever. I'm, I'm going to stay true to God. That, that first Eve, she allowed those things to happen in her life. Spiritually, and they manifest naturally. Finally, she saw the picture that Satan presented. Yeah. I was just, we went for breakfast yesterday, and the waiter that was serving us had kind of hair up, ponytail in the back. Manly guy, for all I saw, comes and serves us. And then I noticed as he's bringing my coffee, one fingernail painted pink, the next one lime green, the next one yellow. And I go, what is this thing? And how did that manifest? And where did that start? And it's, the world is on a train wreck right now. Men don't know they're men. Women don't know they're women. And these spirits are in the world and we are not immune to them just because we're in a church. And you can start to picture those things. It starts with a seed. It starts with a thought. It's just an evil spirit. Here's God. But here's the enemy. Yeah. How did it start? Years ago in Hollywood. Just a little picture show. Just a little adulterous affair, affair on TV. Just two men living together. Just, just this. Just this. Just that. And all of a sudden, here we are where... Hey, this last week, reading about a school... Where they made all the children dress dress up in gay pride colors. And parents just started pulling their kids out. This is the world. This is, how did it get there? Just a little thing. In the age when God is bringing a bride to purity. Here's the devil working in it all of his. But you know what? We're going to come through and we're going to come clean. Because this eve will not fall. So he says... Mortify. So, if you're born again, don't just take a complacent attitude. Well, I, I, I you know, I, I can picture. I can, I can. No, you can't go everywhere. You, you we, the hour is too late for these things. Verse eight. Now put you off also these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. Filthy communication out of your mouth. Oh, that would never happen. Anger, just the wrong tone. You know, there's something about coming in the presence of God. It changes you. It speaks in a way, you know, it doesn't have to go through your brain, but you come out, and you come out from that, and somebody just using the name of the Lord in vain, all of a sudden, That's a contrary spirit. Or that joke was just off color. Why? Because God came, but you also see where Satan's coming. So here, these things are all around us. Verse 9, lie not one to another, seeing you have put off the old man with his deeds, and you have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him, That created him. Verse 12, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies. I I wish I I feel like I wish I could take time. But why don't you do this sometime in your prayer closet? Just begin to dwell on some of these. What, What is holy and beloved? What is bowels of mercies? Brother Ernie has shared a few stories from time to time. I was in a coffee shop, and there was a man who was this, and I just started talking to him. I hope the message can reach some of these people. Can it reach it through me, or am I just living in my own world where I serve my own people and my own church, and I do all that? Or is Christ in you in such a way that you're ready to have mercy? I, I, I couldn't believe hardly how it happened today. I'm just thinking of one individual. And within a minute and a half, I see that individual. And I feel like God just led me. And I, and I just talked to him for a minute. He said, how are you doing? Oh. And, and then I just it's going to be all right. You're and we just talked for a while. We went on our way. But he just came to me. I, I think God has put people in all of our lives. Bowels of mercies. So the more you do these things, the less room there is to feed Self. The last thing is to feed your flesh, the anger, the wrath, the malice. Put on these things kindness. (laughs) Kindness. Humbleness of mind. Reading in the voice of God, just a little thing Brother Branham had put on the daily devotional, or that was put on, and he says. How can you have faith in God when you honor one above the other? Seems like such a little thing. I elevate this one. What's wrong with condescending down and just being a part of somebody? Why don't you, you know, instead of just being with the people you're always with, why don't you go and talk with somebody new? Invite somebody new. Do something different. Be Christ in a greater way. Okay, this is not going the way I thought it was, but just stay with me. And he says... Meekness, long-suffering, here's that word we talked about earlier this year, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Now, you don't have to go way out somewhere to, you know, out and do some things different, but just in your neighborhood and in your home. Sometimes we take for common the one that God has put right beside us, the children he's given, and we need to see the Christ that he's put in them. Let me be a little kinder. Let me be a little gentler. And he says, above, And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which you are All are called in one body, and be ye thankful. And let the word of Christ, let, (laughs) I'm going to make, no, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart. Unto uh, to the Lord. There's, there's so much more in the chapter, but we're gonna we're out of time. We're going to stop. There's a whole other chapter that you can read if you wish. I, I didn't get to the book of James. I didn't get to the book of Galatians. But James chapter 1 had something there. But Galatians chapter 5 is a good one if you have a chance to read that. And just talk about how Christ comes. And, and how he can dwell and live Uh, let's have the musicians come. I don't know about you, but if you look at where you've been serving God for a while and you look at where you're at today, you never thought you might be here where you're at today if you've grown in Christ. But you know what? God knew that was there. And you know what? He also knows what's ahead of us yet. And he also knows what's in in some of our young people, our young sisters and young brothers. and, And he knows yet what more of him could be expressed if we let him. So God comes, recognize Satan comes also. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just read this thing, and just when you want to read this thing, all of a sudden, oh, I better just contact so-and-so. And you know what? You never read this thing. <laughs> oh, that's never happened to me. Never, never. It has. Go on the phone just to check a, a Bible verse, and all of a sudden, oh, this came through, and that came. And I go, oh, God, forgive me. Keep me focused. Amen. You know, just a little time, just a little time, it can just set your course. If you, the more you can just give him a little bit, discerning another spirit, just working. I didn't have time to get into the, the whole nest we're born in. You know, we can, we can be born in our cultural nest, and all of a sudden, that comes through past the word of God. Ah, this is the way we always do things. We can be born in our vacation nest. Well, when we go on vacation, I'll just drop message standards at the beach. No, we're a Christian wherever we go. Okay, that's meddling now. I know I'm meddling. That's fine. But it's vacation time, and it doesn't matter. You might not be going in the next week, but it's kind of cool. Stand together with me. Okay, let's sing, Thy loving kindness is better than life. Thy loving, loving
0: kindness. kindness is better than life.